I want to introduce you all to the premiere episode of the Food John podcast with Mills and P. I'm sitting here with my man Mills. I'm P. And we're going to take you on a amazing culinary journey that we've been both going on and just give you guys a lot of insight into the food business in general. A lot of banter, a lot of funny, funny, hilarious stories. At some point, we will have special guests, and we're just here to have fun, but we're ultimately going to take over the food game, especially on the podcast And I mean, come on. Realistically, bro. Who louder than us? <laughs> who's doing podcasts about food? I mean, yeah, we can think about it that way. It's people doing it, talking about food, but let's just keep it a buck. This is a podcast for us, not us. And if we can help anybody out there who's just starting out, who's been in the business for a while and still trying to find their way, even if somebody that's up on top and they trying to damn reminisce on the good old days, that, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. So, you know, let's get into it, man. How, how was your day? How was your, how was your Thanksgiving? To be honest with you, I, I really can't complain because working in the food service industry, especially me the last couple of years, working at... The hotel that I used to I used to be employed at Thanksgiving was a regular day. You know they didn't care. Oh well, you got to have food for your family. You got to eat with your family. We got to, we got to feed these people. So for the last, I want to say, you know what? Now that I really think about it, for the three years leading up to the pandemic, then the pandemic happens, and then after the pandemic, I think I've worked every Thanksgiving. You know what? Honestly, that's sound about right. And I think because I've been doing the restaurant and hotel thing since let me see 2010 professionally my deal always would be anytime i worked at a place i'm like listen i will work christmas i'm not working thanksgiving or if i work thanksgiving i'll come in at four five in the morning bang everything out for the entire day and say peace out i'm, I'm done by 11. that will always be my trade-off like, i'm thanksgiving i cannot miss thanksgiving i cook 364 days out of the year i'm not cooking on this one day right right so I wish I would have had the mindset that you had going into it, but I was one of the low men on a totem pole. So seniority played a crazy factor, as it should. You know, I definitely respect the seniority process, but I knew whether I was working early or I was working late, I was still working that day. And my trade-off was having Zoe, having a young child, I want to be home for Christmas. For sure. So I'll take working on Thanksgiving if you can do me a solid and either give me all for Christmas or have me work late on Christmas. See, and that's why I worked out so good for me because, you know, I don't got no kids. Right. So, I mean, all my nieces and nephews, they all grown now, family all grown. So it's like, all right, Christmas is another day until right right more little kids come around but for right now thanksgiving when you know aunts uncles family everybody cooking the good stuff like i need parts on that like that little walk to all your cousins take to the store like i need parts on yeah that. especially uh especially your mom in the kitchen oh see here's the thing my mom don't cook all day my mom don't cook no more once i was i'm the youngest so once i was out the house she was like i'm done it's your turn <laughs> well y'all cooking for me it, big fans i got you i got you that makes sense I mean, that definitely makes sense, man. But, you know, Thanksgiving, 
it's definitely one of the most popular holidays. For sure. And for I, all the wrong reasons though, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, because the food is gonna be there. But you take into consideration, like you said, the long walks with your cousins to the store, the sports, division. Hey, listen, ladies, y'all go over there and sit down somewhere. We're gonna be over here just, you know, being able to talk mad shit with your peoples. Card games, games period. You know what I like the most though? What? And you gonna crack up? When that one cousin or that uncle takes it too far, then all you hear is, yo, let's step outside. <laughs> I've, been, I've been fortunate enough not to see it, but it seemed like the times, like, it'd be a Thanksgiving move, and I don't go. That'd be the kind of, well, you, you know, such and such. Yeah, for sure. back and had to handle some things. Listen, last night, my daughter read this meme on Instagram. It was a Thanksgiving one. And it said, the daughter says to her dad, my brother is getting ready to fight my uncle. I'm helping my brother, so I suggest you help yours. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? That's funny. That's funny as shit. But, like... <laughs> It really depends on how wrong you are, what kind of help you're going to get. Oh, yeah. Because it usually be the dumb dickhead one to say some foul shit or some stupid shit. And then it's like, all right, well, this whole family going to fuck you up. We ain't going to hurt you too bad. But you're going to have, you're going to remember. Yeah, that, you just next function, have to show you a little something. Next function, remember that, that little knot you got on your head from talking crazy about Aunt Janice? <laughs> it can happen again. And I think Thanksgiving is the one holiday for sure where you know nine times out of ten something could pop off. Christmas, everybody is the end of the year. Everybody is in that festive Christmas mood. Like, it don't pop off on Christmas the way it pops off on Thanksgiving. Because Thanksgiving, dare I say, is the most ego-driven holiday of the entire year. Because it's that one, that holiday of that year when somebody say, I can do this one thing better than all y'all and i'm gonna show up and show out yeah my yeah, mac sure. and cheese is is the best mac and cheese i'm coming to t hold hold the title down and so you already coming in with like a little bit of chip on your shoulder a little bit of tension like oh yeah they talking that bullshit karen bringing that goddamn mac and cheese that mac and cheese ain't shit that shit dry to the motherfucker <laughs> listen that's how it be started but you know what? Also, I think people have it in the back of their minds where they come into the house feeling like Birdman. When they want to say, put some motherfucking respect on my name, all tree, y'all, and I ain't going to say it no more. All it, yeah, yeah. That potato I get that shit out of here. Them deviled eggs, some trashes, deviled eggs. Get them out of here. This is my show. And the crazy part is, nine times out of ten, it ain't the one that's asking for respect that got the fire food. For sure. It's the one that just be like, just come in, humble as can be, drop, you know, put the food out, place it out. And then they just go about their business, go play cards, go talk to the family. And the, the tale of who won the fight that night is who got shit left over. Oh, yeah. And that's when the fighting starts. Y'all yeah. want, no, want no extra green beans? And then get quiet. Like, no. No, Carol, we all right. But then fucking cousin Malik, baby mom came this year. And she bought the Erica Verts. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody with the <laughs> with the extra with the extra garlic and the, the lemon pepper seasoning on it. Listen. And that pan is empty. They like, well, who the fuck who the fuck who bought that? What was in this pan? It don't even matter what was in that pan, it's gone. Yeah. And then the person who know they bought it, just be chilling like, 
I shut it down. Yeah. Just another day. Just another day. Yeah, but then Aunt Carol, she feels some type of way. So now she put a smut on her name. Are you still with that girl? You know she fucked your cousin, right? Right. You it, like what? Like Aunt Carol, what is you doing? <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving is like it might be. Things. Let me loosely say Thanksgiving because we all know the real history. Oh, very much so. Very much but, so. Most part, it might be the most toxic but fulfilling holiday. I must say. Yeah, yeah, I can say that because if you think about it, if you think about just holidays in general, think about the major holidays, and we're not going to get into the specifics. But if you think about holidays, it's just a reason for us to get together. But how many of the holidays, major holidays, I point out. How many of those are we truly celebrating? Labor Day. And Juneteenth? Juneteenth as recent. I was to say, it just, it just started getting recognized. It's been around knew, for a minute. Yeah, if you knew, you knew. Yeah. But Labor Day, I'll say 4th of July. That Thanksgiving out of the way, because we could talk about that all day. Let me ask you a question. But before I get into that, ladies and gentlemen, we like to do something called the motivational mic drop. And what that is, is just a little bit of game that we've attained over the years. And it, it might not have anything to do with food. It's just life stuff. And you never know what somebody's going through or what they might need to hear in that moment. So for me, I would like to say to anybody that's listening, when it comes to you getting to where you want and or need to be in life one of the best pieces of advice i can give you is take your time because your process is your process and you could be doing the same exact thing that 10 other people are doing but i guarantee you the 10 people are probably doing it 10 different ways because they're doing what works for them you are writing your own blueprint. You're doing what you need to do for yourself, not for anybody else. So don't look at somebody else's journey and feel like you're losing or you're not where you want to be for whatever reason. No, you're exactly where you're supposed to be in that moment because you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing what you're doing for anybody else. So again, best piece of advice that I can give you is just take your time. That's a wonderful piece of advice. And I'm just going to piggyback off of that and say, stop and smell the roses. At a certain point, when you're doing what you love and you're doing what you're having fun and you're progressing, you're moving up and you're moving up and you get caught up looking at what's ahead of you instead of being present in the moment and looking and relishing like what you've accomplished. I think a lot of us, we kind of get to it, especially in this business where it's time driven. We need it done right away. In our personal lives, we kind of operate the same and we forget to like stop and smell the roses. The crazy part is that was advice given to me by my pop. And we just talking and, you know, just asked me, uh, you know, how's, how's the career? How's everything going? I'm like, well, listen, you know, I'm moving to New York and this is a man. He's like, oh man, like you came a long way. What you mean? I just started. It's like, no, I started a long time ago, buddy. I'm like, what you mean? So like, where you work at before? So we talking, I'm like, damn, I did all right. Right, right. <laughs> did all right. So please stop the smell of roses. 
it doesn't always have to be about what the future holds. It could just be appreciate what you got. So that's my that's my motivational mic drop for this week. No, for sure, for sure. That I listen. That was a hell of a piggyback, but I a thousand percent agree because, like you said, people get so caught up in wins and losses, and it's oh my god, I got to do X, Y, and Z, or I got to get here by this time, or I got to yeah. get here by this time, and my timeline is messed up, or my vision board is not panning out the way that I saw it, and it's bruh, that or sis, that's fine. It's probably by design. You're probably not meant to be here right now. You mm-hmm. might need to take three steps forward just to take two steps back because you move too fast and appreciate mm-hmm. what you got going on. So I a thousand percent agree with that right there. That's that was definitely uh, thought provoking for sure, for sure. And I'll add on to that. And this is funny because this is some, some uh, jewel I was given last week in real time. Okay. So me, you know, I'm always like, what's the next move? I'm always just thinking three, four moves ahead. And this person said to me, like, you want it right away, but like, give it some time. I'm like, no, I need it right now. That's just the feeling in me. Like, we got to go get it right now. And this person said, you want a cake half done or you want a food done? Right. Ooh. And I was like, shit. All right. Yeah. And you definitely don't want it to be doughy and runny. (laughs) Let that thing rise. And I was like, damn, that's a bar and a half. So it was like. You stole it too. What you mean? You stole that bar. Oh, that, that damn low. Yeah, yeah, yeah you definitely. You, you, you definitely got it in your mental Rolodex. I'm taking that, and I'm bringing it to you. And I'm sharing it to you, sharing it to everybody. So stop the smoke of roses. Wait for the cake to be fully done. Don't yeah, you know, rush the process. You know, I'm stealing that though, right? As I'm, it can do your thing. I'm gonna put it on the gram and either. Yeah, man. No, but that's that's a bar, man. For real, for sure, for sure. So let me ask you a question, though. Yes, sir. Where, just for all of the listeners at home, where are you currently in your professional career? And then the second part of it is, where do you see yourself in the near future? Let's just say near future, the next six months to a year. We'll keep it in the moment. So currently, I'm executive chef at, won't bleep that out unless they cut the check out. I'm not, you know, you guys won't know where we work or know the names of these places. Got to protect the innocent. So currently I'm an executive chef. At this point in my career, I'll say I have a goal in mind. But within me stopping and smelling the roses, going back to our, you know, our motivational mic drop and sitting there waiting for the, the cake to fully be ready. I'm trying to figure out I got to pivot. Okay. And the irony is this is the pivot, this podcast. Oh, all right. This is the pivot. This is me understanding it's only for so long you can love something that don't you back. Right, right. And I, blood, sweat, and tears, love this food game. It don't love me back. And at a certain point, I came to the realization, like, you can't be in an abusive relationship for so long. I hate to use that as like a journal. No, but, but I think anybody that... You know, if you know, you know. If you get it, you get it. For sure. So this is The Pivot. The Food Drawn Podcast brought to you by Mills and Pete is... It started off as just a thought. And then it turned into a text message to my brother Pete. And then the same creative juices and and desire and drive I had when I first said I'm going to be a chef started flowing. And Pete could tell y'all, it was a text. A week went by, nothing happened. And then within that same week, bro, 
we need to start recording. I got shit going. And I'm sure for him, he was like, God damn, like you moving, you got it. And I'm like, bro, once I feel it, once I know when I feel it, I know when I feel it. So as much as I love being a chef, working in the kitchen, being a part of that family and camaraderie, I just know I've, let me not say waste. I've had a fulfilling, damn near what, 15 plus years in this industry. It's been fulfilling. I've met people. I've met family members, blood or not blood. I've had hell of experiences. We're probably going to be, going to be talking about those experiences and the tales from the tales from the kitchen segment. But I've done so much. I think now it's time for me to pivot. Okay. In a different way. Yeah, I get that. For sure, I do. So the next six to eight months, we out of here, bro. That's on you. I'm with that. We out of here, bro. All the dream, all everything, everything I've ever dreamed and wished and, and just had on my vision board. I had to do the whole culinary thing to get to this point to be able to freely talk about this shit because it is some shit, but it's amazing though, and I want to trade it for the world. So I'd rather teach and talk instead of teach with my hands. Right, right. So, can I pose that same question to you, big bro? Yeah, for sure. So, right now I'm a sous chef for athletics and that's you they're not cutting checks man. we can't don't give out too much information i'm actually a brand new sous chef so just a little bit of backstory i've been in the food business since college so let's just say was it 22 yeah since 2000 and oh goodness 2004 so 18 years, right? That's that's the math, 18? Yeah, we yeah. we met we met 05. Yeah. So and I've I've done everything except be an executive chef. So I started in the pot room, I done washed dishes, I took trash out, I graduated to the grill, then I was making food on the steam table. And for me, it was a hard transition from being a culinary dietary aide and I jumped right into management y'all you know right into management supervisor to assistant food service director to food service director and I had a very humbling experience and I got knocked off of my high horse and I said to myself left such a sour taste in my mouth and we'll delve into all of that just like mills said but it left such a sour taste in my mouth that i no longer wanted to do management for food and beverage anywhere i said i want to be the guy to come in clock in do my job and clock out all these extra responsibilities they can keep it once i got back into cooking i worked at a diner i worked at a couple restaurants i got hired at the hotel and that's where I've been from 2016 until August. And now I'm currently working where I'm working right now. But it's been a journey and I've seen a lot of things. I've learned a lot of things. I thought I knew a lot about certain things and I realized I ain't know nothing. Hey, this is a humbling industry. Yeah, I didn't learn. I didn't know jack shit. And I, I listen, I came in there. I, was, I thought I was bull. Yeah. That's how it always starts. And I think the interesting part about this is, is throughout our journeys, we took two different paths. So 
we both started out in a pot room. I went the traditional restaurant, hotel, restaurant route. Pat, you went pots to management to now you're in like the culinary side of management. Yeah. That's a different, where it's a completely different thing. And I think that's the beauty of what this podcast is going to bring because it's just offered so many perspectives. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, I know you've probably had more than your fair share of moments where you said to yourself, you know what, today might be my last day. More than a few. And more times than not, I'll probably say I walked out of like three jobs for sure. Like, fuck this, I quit. And we'll get into those. Yeah. And I'll probably get y'all one today. <laughs> listen. <laughs> but it's definitely, definitely been a... I've been there too. And what always stopped me was my family. Because as I said to me, if it was just me, I'd leave, I'd figure it out, I'd have another job next week. But, you know, you got a family and, you know, you got people that's really dependent on you. You don't have that luxury to be as impulsive as you may want to be. Yeah, selfish. Call it what it is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to use the S word. That's cool, man. Everybody, you have to have a little bit of selfishness. Like... It's just far as it's selfishness you gotta have and just a will you gotta have. Cause otherwise this ain't gonna work. Cause it's being a culinarian, this ain't real this really ain't for the faint of heart. The no, best, it absolutely is not. The best explanation I got was imagine if you painted a picture and this is your picture that you painted, and you're responsible for making five, ten, fifteen, twenty people to paint the same picture the same way you painted. And it has to be perfect every time. I'll tell you one thing. Well, I'll tell you two things. Your hair is going to go, your hair is going to turn gray. Or your hair is going, is going to fall out. And this is why I have a baldy. This is why I have the salt pepper beard right now. Yeah. But it's a good look, though. It makes, you, mean, it makes you look mature. Shout out to Idris. He, he, <laughs> he making it good for us, us melanated brothers. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I peeped it. I didn't want to say nothing. I peeped I, it. I was like, oh, all right. I, the wisdom is upon us. Yeah, it is. Because uh, as a matter of fact, somebody told me yesterday, oh, you got a lot of grays popping up in your beard. And I said, well, if you've just seen the things that I've seen and did a lot of the things that I've done, then yours would be the same color as well. Listen, I done seen some things you'd rather not. Oh, man, tell me about it. So, so to me, that can't be any, that, can, that has to be the best segue. I've seen a lot of things that you haven't. So let's just get right into it. Tales from the Kitchen? Tales from the Kitchen. You want to start it off or you want to start it off? I'll start it off because uh, this story is going to be a knee slapper. <laughs> so, so... <laughs> So Yo, this story, real quick, let me cut you off real quick for everybody to in. This is a game me and Pete play where we can see who can make each other laugh the hardest. Knee slappers, like I'm gonna fuck you up with this one. This is what we do on a normal day. We just recording it. So go ahead, Pete. All right. So, so I don't know if you was at work this 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 day in particular. You might have been at work, you might have been off. But I know I had the unfortunate pleasure of working on the sixth floor that day. The sixth floor wasn't that though. It wasn't, but it was designed totally different than the other three. For sure. So let me give you guys some backstory. So long story short, we did not have a traditional kitchen set up 
where we worked. So our food was prepared and delivered from one of our sister facilities, which was a recipe for disaster. So to anybody that does not know how this process works, your food gets delivered. Not only does your food get delivered, but at the time, our plates, our utensils, everything was getting delivered. But that, we figured that out. So your food gets delivered. You take your food to your floor. On each floor in each dining room is a little kitchenette area set up where you have your oven, you have your steam table, you have your dishwasher, you got your chemicals, you got your refrigerator. Everything you need to do your job was set up on each floor. We had the base warmers. Yeah. You put the domes on it. We had everything you needed to do your job as effective as possible. But a lot of it was really hit and miss. So the sixth floor was designed a little bit different because on every floor, everything they needed was set up in their area behind the cage where only the people that worked in that area would work. Remember how sixth floor... The dishwasher was set up in the old bathroom. And what? Damn, I don't remember. Remember the bathroom that was in the food area? Got you. Yes, yes. It was like a little closet. It was like a closet. Yeah, that was a bathroom. They turned the bathroom into a little dish area. Okay. So you had to go in there. Okay. And everything was separated. So on this day in particular, the nursing staff decided, fuck this shit. I'm not getting paid. To be CNA slash LPN slash fucking waitress slash collecting these fucking trays. <laughs> now, again, I got to paint the picture for y'all. On each floor, there's two hallways. So you have a food cart that goes out on one hallway, a food cart that goes out in the other hallway for the residents that decide they don't want to come into the dining area. Not to mention you have a dining area that's full of residents. So after you take the food out of the ovens, after you check temperatures to make sure everything is at temp and you actually set up the way that it went, you make the trays first, they go out into the hallway because it's going to take some time for them to get delivered. Then you serve the dining room. That was a process in itself. They eat, you clean up, the trays come back. Once the trays come back, what do you do? Scrape them, clean them, separate everything. Then you start washing dishes. Now, on the sixth floor, you got to go into that fucking bathroom. Right. My dishwasher decided, fuck you, Pat. I'm going to fuck this whole day up. (laughs) It overflowed. (laughs) So you got water and suds and all kinds of shit coming out from under the door because the whole bathroom area is overflowing, not to mention the nursing staff was on strike, so my trays aren't coming back. I'm going from room to room, collecting trays. I come back. There's like a baby pool in the dining area. Uh-huh. And not to mention, after all that, you still got to take everything downstairs so it can be picked up, and then dinner gets dropped off, and you got to take dinner upstairs and load it in the oven to set everything up. We would get off of work. What time we got off? 3 o'clock? It was 6.30 3? Yeah, six, barring if it was good day and he was on point, three o'clock, three fifteen maybe. 
if you was bullshitting 430. Bruh, I wasn't. Keep in mind, we was doing this three times a day, every day. Bruh, I wasn't bullshitting at all, but I ain't leave work that day till almost five o'clock. Listen, when I tell you that day could have been my last day in that joint, <laughs> I was ready to walk the fuck out. The only person that stopped me was Wanda. Shout, shout out to Miss Wanda, man. I'm, Wanda was like the kitchen mom. What? Wanda. It, that's an understatement. Yeah. Wanda <laughs> was mom, Wanda mom. was all purpose. And she pulled me to the side. And she was like, listen, I'm going to come upstairs. I'm going to help you. Which she did. Because a lot of managers, they, they'll sell you the dream. But I got you. They'll have you thinking they're on their way. And then it's like, oh, no, you know, something happened in the kitchen. I couldn't even make it. I'm like, damn, bro, you can't shoot me a text? No, nah, because my dinner got cold. I couldn't come up there to help. Yeah, right? Like, it back up. So she came up and helped. We got everything together. And she did something for me that day that was ultra thorough that I don't think anybody would have done. But because she was the kitchen mom and I was one of her, I was one of her sons in her eyes, she definitely looked out. And what she did for me was, I forget what day this was, but I do remember vividly two days afterwards, that was my day off that week. She had a extra person come in. So we had like a a kitchen runner. She had an extra person come in that next day and they did breakfast for me. And she let me come in later, but still paid me for the whole day. Damn, that's thorough. I don't even think she had that kind of pull. Cause you know, Flossy Bird, Floss ain't play that shit. She could squeeze. Listen. She could squeeze a quarter of a penny. What? Listen, Floss is tight. Tight with the funds. Cause she was so tight she could suck a brick out of wall. <laughs> you know, I respect it though, because you know what? Everything like she taught me, because I was 15, 16 when I first started. I still use to this day. Oh, listen, Floss was a monster. Oh, yeah. Didn't listen. take no shit. Didn't give shit out either. Like She was, she was extremely, extremely by the book, but everything that she had been through to get her to where she was, well worth it. Because if you couldn't pick up a gem or two from Floss, it's just because you just genuinely didn't want to. She was never stingy with the information. Never. She give out the game. She would give you the game whether she liked you or not. But she was one of them people. If she didn't fuck with you, she was going to let you feel that shit that she ain't fuck with you. And she didn't care how uncomfortable you felt about it neither. It, she would make this shit so uncomfortable. People who was cool with her would be like, oh, so chill in here. Yeah. Flaws on that bullshit today. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's crazy because later on, once we really, really got to know Floss and realized that, you know, she had to be this way because not only was she the food service director, she was the food service director as a woman in an industry at the time from where we came from, where it was male dominated. So her superiors even some of her, I use this word friends very loosely, but even some of her friends within the industry that was on the same level as her yes. kind of gave her the ass to kiss. Listen. And it was extremely unfair. Once we got to see the behind the scenes, 
part of it and she you know pulled the curtain back and let us see how it really operated and how it ran and everything she had to do on a day-to-day -day. it's like you know what floss whatever you need i'm gonna give you a break i'm gonna cut you some slack because i didn't know i didn't know that it was because of this why you were doing this so now that i get it i got you and then what happened we became two of her favorite most reliable people and after that it was smooth sailings until it all fell apart but yeah. you got out you were smart you got out before it fell apart that's my gift i get a little taint i get a little spidey sense going i know when some shit about to collapse do you remember though you called out on your last day yeah i, remember. Yo, I was hot with you bro i know i was hot I know. like bro like you ever been so hot with somebody that is a good thing that you go however long you go without interacting with that person because if you interact with them too soon you can't be responsible for what happens after that it'll have been a thanksgiving though let's take a walk yeah pretty yeah. much but it worked out though but i was like you know i knew you had some stuff going on the job was already in your rear view and i was at that time i was too professional for my own good you was an asshole give or take not like and this is the funny part. Not culinary asshole where it's like a good thing. You were an asshole asshole. Like like it was like dickhead boy. You was okay. on you well on your way. And and then I think at that moment, because I oh, I might have been what like 19, 20 when I on my last day I left. Uh, 19, 20, something like that. So what I'm what? Three years older than you? Four. Four? Alright, so yeah, you was like nineteen. Because yeah, so I was like I was like twenty three. I knew I and this is funny. We just talked about this. I'd be knowing shit, and back then I was arrogant and cocky, and I really didn't care about nothing because I had other, you know, I had other things going on. I, yeah, my focus. Was make sure, make sure you say that part with your chest, though. Let the people know, like, like you was, yeah, you was. Listen, the crazy part listen, about back it then, was, let's just say this. Back then, my only concern was clothes, money, and women, and that was it. And that's all I cared about. And you know, another in my, car, in my car. We're gonna save this conversation for another day as well, but I'm just gonna I wanna hype y'all up. Don't let nobody up. You y'all ever know how somebody is, but they don't realize it, or they don't wanna realize it, or they don't want that part of them exposed until they're ready to expose that part of them. Y'all y'all been there. Y'all all know that person. He was that person. And I was a dickhead in his view because I pushed him so hard to be the person that I already knew he was, but he had the veil, bruh, ma'am, <laughs> sir, sis. He had the veil draped over everybody's eyes so hard that everybody saw him for exactly who he wanted them to see. A respectful, honest young man. Which was genius, by the way. It was genius. It was not one but that I was told. I was respectful. I was, I was, I, you don't know, y'all don't realize how many times I pulled him to the side. Like, yo, so when are you going to stop lying to everybody? He was like, what are you talking about? Bro, you know what I'm talking about, bro. When are you going to stop lying to everybody and be who you are, bro? And he just felt like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. You want some shit? And... You a liar. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm a liar. I'm a liar, but I know the truth. How, how that sound? Listen, I was a, a young, impressionable, respectful, and humble young man. And I carried myself as such. Now, the part that Pat is talking about, which he saw early was, that wasn't the that wasn't the place for me to grow. And it wasn't until I 
started working in a real kitchen. And this leads into my great segue, leads into my Tales from the Kitchen tale. And I was trying to figure out how could, what story to tell, because I've seen a lot of shit. But it's funny that P brings this up, how he knew who I was before I did. So we're going to get into the Coke story. All right. So this I'm very, very green. This is my first, first, first line cook job working at this restaurant in this hotel. And I was working night shift grill side. So on the grill side was two fryers, a flat top, the sandwich top. So cheese steaks, burgers, all that, all that fly stuff I was responsible for. But it was all hot though, right? Everything hot. Everything okay. made to order. Okay. Traditional like line cook fire check, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, at this point, I'm probably like six, eight months in. I'm like, this grill shit for the birds. I need to go over there where I saute at. Because that's where it's lit and it's always popping. All right. So this night, I'm working at this hotel, which happened to be 10 minutes away from the airport. Okay. So anytime a flight get canceled, they come in over. Gotcha. Flights get rebooked or whatever, however, weather, winter weather advisors, anything, they come. The night saute person called out. So I'm like, cool. I go to my kitchen supervisor. I'm like, yo, yo, it's my time to be on saute. Like, all right, yeah, I got you. I'll be get back up. You know, so cool. So now I got my kitchen supervisor. He like coaching me through saute. And I was young and arrogant and cocky. Like, yeah, I got this shit. Now I don't even need you. That printer went off for six minutes straight. Damn. Six minutes straight. Nonstop that printer went off. Bruh, wait a minute. For anybody that doesn't understand what that means, what he's saying to you is. Using the fucking weeds. We getting our ass kicked and we didn't even start anything yet. First off, a printer going off for 30 seconds nonstop consecutively, depending on how large they are, that's five, six orders right there. Six minutes. Six minutes straight. Six minutes. So what was that, like 30, 40 tickets? You know the, the ticket puncher? Yeah. I said, when we, when we stop, I'm going to show you the picture. I still got it. It was the whole thing was for by the end of the night. Oh my God. Hey, go ahead. Continue. I might, you know, we'll post, I'll post a picture on the Instagram too. Oh yeah. Post it on there. Yeah, I got it. At the Food Drawn Podcast on Instagram. When I tell you I had the look of sheer terror, I was like, I can go over there and knock all the cheesesteaks and burgers and all that other tacos, cake, whatever. I can knock that out. I ain't ready for the saltation. Not to mention, not to cut you off, but also ladies and gentlemen, what you don't realize is there's always a method to the madness. Now, I'm going to let him tell his story because I'm pretty sure it has some great nooks and crannies in it. But for the average listener, you're probably listening to what he said when he said, I can go knock out all the cheesesteaks and this, that, and the third. And that's true. But if you do that and all these tickets are in disarray, now you just got food sitting in the window getting cold because you got to still cook everything else. Getting cold, dying. That goes back to like... Pat said he knew who I was before I even knew. I was like, in my head, I'm like, this shit is not going to defeat me. This is my first shot at the big boy station. I'm killing shit. Right. So I start organizing tickets together. I start stacking. I'm like, all right, if I know I got four Alfredos, I'm fire all of those. If I got, we was doing braised short ribs at the time. Oh, we got 16 of them, knocking all of them out. At this point in time, a kitchen supervisor, around minute two of the printer going off, disappears. What? Disappears. I'm like, yo, where would you call it at? Right. We don't know. Fuck you mean? I don't know. That fuck you mean response is the person Pat was talking about, where I was a fucking menace. I was a menace. But with, let's go back to everything Floss taught us, everything I learned from you, I'm by the book and I'm fast and I got work ethic. I deserve the right to be a fucking menace. So 
printer finally goes off. I'm organizing everything. I'm getting stuff going. Kitchen supervisor shows up. Okay. Yo, where the fuck you been at? We get our asses kicking you over there, <laughs> grabbing your dick. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, buddy, I went to go get some plates. So he puts the plates on top of the stove. So, you know, the stove has a little ledge. Yeah. We keep our plates hot up there. So now I'm in the groove. I'm feeling confident. He's gassing me up. Oh, man, you on that old school shit? You doing sauces in the pan, too? Holy shit, you're really good. All while he's not doing the fucking thing. Gas, man. Gas. What? Chevron. <laughs> So I grab a plate, and the plate was hot as shit. So I took my hands and like, what the fuck? And I look at my hand. I got something on my hand. So I'm like, these plates dirty as fuck. Why you bring these dirty plates over here? And I go run over, wash my hands. I come back. He takes the plate down, goes, time to fucking party. Wait a minute. What? It's Coke on the plate, y'all. Coke on the plate. Goes, time to fucking party. I stopped in my tracks because I had never seen anything like that before in my life. The if y'all next, can see my face right now. The next two hours of us getting out of the weeds was some of the greatest shit I've ever witnessed in my time. He just needed that bump. Get the, he, his words were, you're going to be in my way. Go move to silence. And I was like, you sure? He said, get the fuck out of the way. White dude, black dude? White dude. Get the fuck out of the way. When I tell you he smoked that whole board in 45 minutes, everything. Hot, beautiful, ready to go, on time, presentation, taste. Everything tasted the same. It was magnificent. And all he needed was a little Coke on the plate. A little Coke on the plate. And that right there was like my introduction into if he could do that shit on Coke, I'm sober. At that point, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do nothing. What the fuck I'm going to be capable of? Started sitting, started sitting up under his wing, listening to everything he taught me. He taught me some shit. And from, here's the overarching thing. I started off as a line cook there. In three years, I became exec soup. Under his tutelage. While he was there. Mm. It's more tales from the kitchen shit. I'll give y'all more stories about this dude. He's fucking great. Well, I'll tell you clipped. one thing. He got clipped. I was working under him for a year. And he got clipped. I took his spot. And then the tumble down effect happened. So I just started taking up spots. And you had something to teach me. I was finna learn. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, quick sidebar. Never feel like you've made it. And you're in a position where you don't have to learn anymore. Because there's always something to learn. Nobody, especially in this industry, the way techniques change, the way cooking certain foods change with the times, the way everything changes, there's always something to learn in this business. And it was a, a hard pill that I had to swallow because... I got to a point where I felt like I know enough. Then I realized I ain't no shit. Jack shit, bro. You can make an ass out of yourself in this industry so fast. And depending on where you are and depending on who's around when you make an ass out of yourself, you may never recover from that shit. That's a f- <laughs> that is a fact. Especially if your blunder goes viral in this social media age that we live in today. Like, there's no, I'm going to go, I'm going to start new someplace else. There's no, all right, you know what, I'm just not going to work in the city. There's no, all right, you know what, shit, I'm just going to go and work in a, a different state. Or I'm going to leave restaurants and go to hotels or leave hotels and go to 
stadium or something like Hold that, and I'm quick. doing concessions. Let me touch on that. At some point, we got to address the stigma between hotels versus restaurants. Oh, we will. For sure, for we sure. We got to touch on that, because that's sure, a sure. battle within itself. How oh, you yeah. Looked at, oh, As a matter of fact, hotel, you ain't shit, let okay. me finish this point, and then we can hop right in there if you want. No, we got to save that for the next one. Save for the next one? All right. But with this social media shit that we have going on, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. And in this food game that we in, again, like I said, you make an ass out of yourself at the wrong place, at the wrong time. You may think I'm being extra when I say what I'm getting ready to say, but you can kill your entire career overnight. It won't even be overnight, bro. It'll be in that moment. In that moment. Your career is done and you don't even realize it because nobody, no self-respecting person running a respectful establishment is going to be willing to take the chance on you after the whole world just saw what they saw yeah 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 we got to get into our own personal blunders too so oh, yeah like, for sure listen i got i got a million of them. we just lucky we got into it when it went social media wasn't crazy I started, like, speaking for myself, I started when, if you know, you know, Twitter was the wild, wild west between 09 and 2012. Yeah. That's when I started. Yeah. So, any y'all got any, like, from 09 to 2012, like, me hearing shit now, I'm like, man, that's nothing. That's nothing. And it's crazy because from 09 to, oh, from 09 to 2012, I was still at the nursing home. Managing. Yeah, because I didn't leave there until 15. Fun fact, my, I forget, oh my God, after all this time, I forgot my, I forgot the exact, the exact date. No, it was August 20 something. I, this, the date is eluding me, but I got hired August blank 2005, 2005 is when I started. I got banged on my and on my start date my start date and my my start date <laughs> and my finishing date was the same day yeah that's nutty i got banged on my anniversary date 10 years later i did a dominant on 05 to 15 and i got a very huge fuck you on my last day just let me tell you something and i learned this over the years and when we this last little piece of advice we can give I firmly believe you shouldn't spend no more no more than five years in one place. Unless you're traveling and unless you're venturing up the ladder, you shouldn't be in a place no more than five years. You know what? Me and you had that conversation a while back. I remember you said that to me. Yeah. And I started looking at it differently once we had that conversation. Yes, sir. But for me, in those 10 years that I was there, it took me five years to make it to the top. And then once I was the bull in the kitchen, I was riding that director wave and, you know, I was the guy until I wasn't. But I am forever grateful that it happened the way it did, sure. that I got let go because I never would have opened myself up to everything that I've accomplished since then because I was in my comfort zone. And your comfort zone, it'll kill you if you allow it to. That's a fact. And getting out, being forced out of my comfort zone and having to learn to stand on my own too, and then really getting in the culinary business of it, I'm forever grateful to fire. But I'm also happy about the fact that 
my former boss and I had a conversation after they let me go. And he said he reacted too fast and letting me go was one of the worst things that he ever did. And he regrets it to this day and apologized to me for it. And I was like, you know what? That's all I needed to hear. You know me, I'm King Petty. Yeah, you are. Suck a dick, pussy. <laughs> yeah, you and Dan. So I shout out to our brother Dan. Shout out to Dan. Dan worked with us as well. At some point, we're going to have him on the show. That way he can tell us a couple of his stories from the kitchen. But listen, me and Mills and our man Dan, when it came to getting it done, we was like what? We was like the Migos before the Migos. Yeah. Shit was lit. That's an understatement, realistically. Because our man P over here, that's... He was Quavo. He was the leader. <laughs> he was the lead. Here we go. He was the leader of the Brat Pack. You know what I mean? We was young and trying to figure it out. Man, listen, I was just I was just somebody that put myself in a lot of positions, winning and losing positions. But if I was able to accomplish certain shit, then there was no reason as to why my guys couldn't do it. And I wanted to share a lot of those wins and losses with, with my bros, but I think I had came on a little too strong in the beginning. And it was like, yo, bro, what you want? Yeah, I can say that for me. Just for me. I can't speak for Dan. Dan can talk for himself, but I can speak for me. It was like, oh, I'm going to say this, we're going to get out because we got to save something for the rest. You didn't fuck with me, bro, in the beginning. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it. Big. No, here's the thing. You got to understand, and from the time I was born until maybe 16, it was only women in the house, my mom, and I had four sisters. So I didn't, up until I was grown, like young, maturing man, I didn't know, I didn't understand how to be around dudes. I understood how to be around women, which made it even better because I was always the homie. Right, right. So being around dudes was always kind of weird because it's like, all right, what's the motive? What's the game here? Because it ain't just to help me better myself. No, you know, I'm cool with the ladies. So like, so it's like, well, there's really nothing you can say to me. Big facts. But as learning and maturing and, and growing up and understanding, like, your world is just a small piece to the puzzle. So with that being said, I'm, I'm one of your hosts. This is Mills. And this is P. You're now tuned in to the uh, inaugural episode of the Food John Podcast. You know, thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us. For sure, for sure. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace.